0: He's one of the most respected voices in the game. It's time to talk hockey with Pierre Hood on Show 97.7. Good morning, Pierre. Good morning, Terry. How's, how's your day so far?
1: Well, <laughs> so far, so good. It got started early, and it's going along quite fine. Thank you very much.
0: Yeah, um, you do start early most of your life,
1: right? <laughs> yeah. Listen, um, I watched two periods last night, and at the end of the second period, I turned to Jess and I said, they ain't gonna win this one. I'm going to bed, yeah. and um, I don't think I miss much in the third period. I I said to just at one point they the Toronto Maple Leafs at one point in the Montreal Canadiens zone in the second par- period. I said it's Say come they be bit they they were they they were like flies they like buzzing around so fast you didn't know where to look. I don't I don't even know how you called that game play by play Pierre.
0: Yeah, well, it was, uh, it was a different kind of game to call, for sure. Uh, but at the same time, you know, there are always two levels to watch uh, a Habs game. If you're a Habs fan, of course, uh, and, and some of those fans are diehard fans, and uh, they, uh, they hurt when the team loses and they, they explode when the team wins. Uh, but then the other layer of interest is, is, is if you are, first and foremost, a hockey fan. Right. And I think you are. I
1: am. Yeah. Big time. And you
0: and you've reffed the game for so long. And and your dad is the same. And and, and you and I were the same. We can we can also appreciate what talent is all about and what good execution is all about. And I'll tell you what, I guess the Leafs, as much as much as you love to hate them. Yeah, you got to.
1: You have to respect them, Pierre. I'd, like I said, I, there was a point in the second period where I didn't know. They were moving the puck so fast, I didn't know where to look.
0: Yeah. Well, it, it, let me, it, I mean, I guess the obvious thing, Terry, is that not so long ago, the Leafs were all about Randy Carlisle, and they were all about Colton Orr, and they were all about, <laughs> uh, you know, players that uh, that had so-so talent, and they were trying to build a tough a tough identity uh, and it was uh, it, it was pitiful sometimes to watch that team. And it's been pitiful for a long, long time. I mean, they've won the Stanley Cup the last time in 67. Uh, but now you, you can see how uh, Austin Matthews has become uh, an overall incredible player. You can see how Mitch Marner has developed into a very responsible type of player. You can see how Morgan Riley is probably one of the most underrated defensemen uh, in the league, especially on the offensive side. You can see how John Tavares, uh, when, he's, uh, when he's back to his A game, uh, as much as he still controls uh, everything on the ice, Nick Foligno was an amazing addition at the trade deadline for them, especially since uh, uh, Hyman, Zach Hyman has been missing. Uh, because of injury i'll tell you what terry this is a very serious team a uh, very serious contender now they have to materialize in the playoffs because they've been so disappointing uh, for uh, for the last uh, couple of years but as we speak this is one heck of a hockey game uh, a hockey team i guess you'll agree with me
1: hundred percent um and the other thing i guess we should mention is jack campbell i mean where did this guy come from <laughs>
0: Isn't that an amazing story? Yeah. <laughs> uh, of course, we've seen those uh, one-season goaltender or those one-playoffs goaltender, uh, and we'll see in the future. But in the meantime, uh, his story is just amazing. When, when Frederick Anderson, and, and even then, I mean, I don't think Frederick Anderson was ever considered top, top, top-notch material. I mean, you, you can say he did the job for the Leafs, and you can say he did the job well enough for them, uh, but uh, there was always some sort of a question mark. And then when injuries started to, to literally plague the Leafs, uh, they were desperately lo- looking for a solution. Uh, they even got uh, David Rittick uh, from, the, from the Flames at the trade deadline, uh, just to make sure that they have some depth. And uh, then the uh, Jack Campbell uh, story started to be written, and uh, boy... It's just uh, it's just fantastic the way uh, he's been playing and uh, another win last night for him. Um, he has Terry basically. He has almost half of the Leafs' wins this year, isn't wow. it, amazing? Yeah, it really. And, yeah, and yeah. It, and this guy is in his late twenties.
1: Yeah, really, really quite a story. And like you say, it could be one of those stories where you know they have that one amazing season. Uh, but, boy, it's uh, it's sure been a timely acquisition for uh, the Leafs. Uh, the other thing I wanted to talk about was I'm pretty sure that was a look of relief on Nick Suzuki's face last night, Pierre. You, your, yeah. your crew got a shot of him on the bench uh, after he scored his, what, first goal
0: since February, I think? It's been a long time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. At the Bell Centre. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's been a long time at home yeah. uh, for him. Uh, the relief comes maybe from two interesting plateaus. Uh, it was his 10th of the season, which I think is the, um, what What can I say, maybe acceptable level? Yeah. Uh, minimum acceptable level for a young centerman like him. A good sharpshooter. And also, he reached the 30-point plateau, which is a, another acceptable um, uh, point for him. Hey, Terry, it's been all ups and downs eh? for yeah. him and, yeah, and for KK. It's been a difficult uh, season. It's uh, the uh, learning to play center in this league takes a while yeah. unless you are um, unless you are except, exceptionally gifted yeah. like Connor David. It, it takes a long time and and he's getting there slowly. But it's not certainly not the type of season he was expecting.
1: No, and it's a, a weird season for some of these guys, you know, with COVID and no fans and the North Division, and you know, it's just a, it's a it's a strange time to be a young hockey player in the National Hockey
0: League. It is, and you know what, Terry? May I throw in a, a concept that um, I, I we're we're hearing uh, in the the uh, the credible echoes from the team is that Nick. Suzuki, a bit like KK last year, they're maybe they're playing a little bit too heavy. Mm-hmm. And, that, and that's part also of what uh, a young 20-year-old is all about. It's, it's the growth, phys- it's the physical growth of your body. And, uh, and I heard that Nick Suzuki likes to play over 200 pounds because he thinks he can absorb better the hits and himself... Uh, do a better job defensively uh, the the one-on-one battles etc but uh, you know what it may it may be the wrong approach maybe he will have to rethink his uh, overall stamina uh, as of the next season and maybe he will have to uh, to drop the weight a little bit and adjust a little bit but we'll we'll talk about that in due time but I think it's it's something that will have to be considered eventually
1: um, let's uh, just talk briefly about this. I, I saw an interesting headline. I think it was in the press this morning about let's not talk about the player. let's talk about the man. Uh, Jonathan Drouin has uh, taken a leave of absence and has asked for privacy. Um, I, I don't want to talk about speculation about what's up there, uh, Pierre mm-hmm. because it's it's personal and it's private and we we hope whatever it is that you know he has our best wishes to get through it. Um, but I, I um, I'm curious to know: Do you think that that kind of sort of affects
0: the team, his teammates, in any way? Good question, Terry. And I think the answer is yes. Mm-hmm. I think that uh, at the start of the game last night, uh, you actually, when the referee dropped the puck, uh, it was um, it was probably some sort of relief because, uh, as much as as people link team spirit with uh, with success. Well, that's not the wrong way. That's the wrong way to look at things. Even though a team struggles, it doesn't mean that there's no bonding. And I think there's huge team bonding within the Habs. Uh, and I think that what happened to Jonathan Durbin, as you said, uh, no matter what hap- is happening exactly right now, and it's not for us to comment and speculate, and I appreciate you're not doing that, Terry, uh, I think that uh, uh, it's, it was certainly a distraction and a painful moment for the team. And the one who opened up the most yesterday was Philippe Danault because he says, I'm a Quebecois, I'm a a Francophone, I'm a Quebecois, I'm playing with abs and I know what it is when you are struggling. I know what it is uh, and I know the weight on your shoulders. And uh, so he says, I can only only, uh, wish that uh, Jonathan is going to take the time, life, health. All those things are more important uh, than the job, more important than hockey certainly. And uh, it was certainly um, uh, a roller coaster type of day for the team, for the coaches, and also for Mark Vergevin, who was very clear cut uh, when he talked to the press about it.
1: Um, okay, so the Leafs are officially in. The Habs have eight games to go. The Senators helped last night by beating Vancouver. Where yeah. are we? At, where are we at? And where do we go from here? And are the Habs getting in, Pierre?
0: Yeah, well, the Habs are closer. Let's put it this yeah. way, but they're not in officially. Yeah. So we have to see, we have to see uh if they if they can regroup first of all and then we can because they control their own destiny. So uh, so as much as the as, as far as they regroup, well, they uh, they're pretty much in. If they don't, well, we'll see if there's a late late surge that can come from the Flames. The interesting thing, Terry, is that the Flames and the Canucks they end, the, the the flames, especially they end their season playing four times against the Canucks. Oh boy! So those teams, those two teams, cannot share two points wow. <laughs> every game. Okay. So, so it's it's going to be a big help for the for the Habs mathematically at least. Uh, but yeah, the Jets are in town uh, tomorrow night, and then the Senators are in town on Saturday night. So uh, those games come so quickly, and with all the uh, the injuries. Uh, we'll see who is fit to go tomorrow or not but you were missing four forwards last yeah. night veterans and you were missing your number one goalie as well
1: yeah yeah it's, and
0: it's uh tough, yeah, in the jets
1: <laughs> yeah i was going to say boy uh that's not good news for the habs the jets are coming to town they it's just uh, that's a that's a team that gives them trouble eh
0: yeah absolutely but yeah. sometimes a different style of play we we'll see uh yeah. it's you have to make sure that you don't give up the first goal. This right. the first goal is an is an is is an enigmatic killer for the Habs this year. I still don't understand why they cannot provide more than two wins when they give up the first goal. But that's the way it is. So you have to be sharp right at the start against those those good offensive teams.
1: Okay, we will talk about the Jets and Habs tomorrow morning at eight twenty. How's about
0: that, Peter? Yeah. Okay, uh, fantastic. And we'll talk F1, of course, uh, yes. with the, the decision now by the Gr- for the Canadian Grand Prix. There is, there is a Grand Prix in Portugal this weekend, so we'll keep F1 for tomorrow if you wish. David.
1: Okay, fantastic. All right, thanks, Pierre.
0: Thank you very much. Have a great day. Okay, you too. See you later.